I feel like your physical health, your mental health, your emotional health is just so much better. And that's, you know, one thing I hate hearing when parents say, you know, or people in general say, once you have kids, you're never going to sleep again. Because for me, I'm like, that's just never been true. And I'm... Hey, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Entering Motherhood, a podcast dedicated specifically to new moms going through this amazing journey in life. I'm your host, Sarah Bilger, a postpartum nutritional coach slash mechanical engineer. And as always, I'm so excited to be here with you and share all the information I've been lucky enough to obtain since becoming a mom. In this episode, we talk with Kelly Davis and discuss how parents can effectively communicate with their children in order to achieve a brighter night's sleep. Hey mamas, happy Monday. We are ready for another week to get going. I hope you are as well. So really just wanted to take some time in the beginning of this episode to chat about Kelly and everything that she's doing. So Kelly is a certified pediatric sleep consultant and she is the owner of a brighter night sleep consulting and she has three kids of her own and she actually was a teacher when she first became a mom and she knew that she needed to get her sleep in order so that she can properly function at work and you know process everything that was going on so she read books and really educated herself in order to make sleep a priority for her own family from the very beginning. So now Kelly has become certified in sleep consulting and she enjoys helping other families really be able to set those sleep habits and put them in place so that they can achieve their sleeping desires. And we really dive in and talk about her toddler and preschool sleep program, but she works with clients anywhere from newborn all the way up to six years old, and she also has virtual services. So she can work with you no matter where you are from. So I really hope that you enjoy this episode and you listen in on Kelly and I's conversation So pop in those headphones, turn up the volume, and let's get this episode started. Hello, and welcome to Entering Motherhood. So happy to have you here today. And how about you go ahead and introduce yourself for our listeners? Hi everyone, uh, my name is Kelly Davis. I am a pediatric sleep consultant and I own A Brighter Night Sleep Consulting. I just recently launched my business in February. Previously taught preschool special ed for about seven years. And then once uh, the pandemic hit, I ended up staying home because I had just had my, my two-year-old now. Um, so I ended up staying home. So I've been at home with my three little boys for about two years. And that's been definitely keeping me busy. But I kind of started to, you know, get an itch for wanting to, you know, do something, but still be able to be home with them. And, you know, I've had friends and family kind of suggest like, why don't you, you know, look into sleep consulting. And 
I wasn't sure if it was something I wanted to do. And, you know, I took the plunge and got certified and just kind of jumping right in and really enjoying helping families get back to some better healthy sleep habits. Yeah. So you have a two-year-old, so you're still pretty fresh in the motherhood realm. But what was it like with your first, like entering motherhood and really kind of getting into this new way of life and, and what was kind of like occurring in your own personal journey that maybe you didn't think would happen or you were surprised when? I mean, I think just sleep in general, like they don't really like for, I mean, like you always hear you're never going to sleep once you have kids. So that's, that's always like a little terrifying because when I had my first, I was still teaching. So, you know, it was a long day and I was, I was working with preschoolers um, with disabilities. So it's, you know, it's a stressful long day. So I just knew I have to get my baby sleeping good. So, you know, I read a lot of books and for me, I've read the book uh, Baby Wise and kind of followed that, you know, eat, wake, sleep pattern. I set a really healthy sleep foundation. So I was lucky and he, he was sleeping through the night by about 13 weeks. So that's kind of what I followed. And I don't know if I just got blessed with good sleepers or if I, you know, just have a natural talent to help babies, you know, children. Really, it doesn't matter the age. I'm just good at getting them in a good routine and good sleeping. Yeah. What have you found to be the most common reason people are seeking sleep consultants? The most common reason, it's it really comes down to the habits that they form with their children. It, what works um, for a little bit doesn't always work in the long run. So what I always tell, you know, even friends and family that are like, well, I do this with my, my child. And I'm like, well, when it becomes unsustainable and you can't function like to the best of your ability and, you know, it's affecting different parts of your life. Like you're struggling at work, you're struggling to wake up, you are just struggling to balance everything because you're not getting the sleep you need. You know, that's when you really should seek help because it, it can be overwhelming and there's so much information, you know, online and in all the books. But when you're already sleep deprived, putting that all together can be really difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely agree with the sleep deprivation. And not only are our babies not sleeping, but when they're not sleeping, that means we're not sleeping. <laughs> so like you said, like, you know, we can't really figure out like how to make this work when we're already so overwhelmed and drained and exhausted. And so I feel like having somebody there on your side to really help guide you through that time period is super beneficial, you know, with multiple aspects of motherhood, but in this case, you know, specifically with sleep and getting the sleep that we need. So what does the initial journey with working with a sleep consultant look like? And like, what would we expect from the first consultation? Yeah. So for me, I book a free sleep assessment call. Um, it usually is like 15, 20 minutes. And in that call, we really talk about, you know, the struggles you're having with your child. Um, your goals for your child as far as sleep. And then, you know, I'll kind of tell you, you know, how I can help you get to those goals. And then from there, you know, if, if they decide to work with me, you know, I send them an intake form that has a lot more like detailed questions. And then we move, you know, move forward from there. But it's really having that one-on-one -on -one support is what families need. Because when, when you're sleep training, you really have to be consistent for two to three weeks. Um, in my toddler and preschool program, I 
it's for three weeks, it's for 21 days, because I really am focusing on developing um, a new healthy habit. And for most things, it takes about 21 days of consistency to really form that good habit. But a lot of times when you're sleep deprived as a parent, it, you know, you might get to day five and, and think like, it's not working. Like, I'm just going to give up and go back to my old habits. So having someone there to hold you accountable um, can really help you get to that finish line is what I have found. Yeah. And what would kind of, like you say, like go back to those like other habits, what might be some things that we're doing? And you were kind of addressing it before that, like they're not sustainable. Like we might be like, okay, this is working, but then all of a sudden a couple months down the line, or maybe even like a year down the line, it's like, wait, hold on. Like, why isn't this working anymore? Like what is going on there? So what happens is whether, you know, whether it's a baby, a toddler or a preschooler is they're forming a sleep association. So in order for them to fall asleep, they need whatever you're doing to get them to sleep. So like for a baby, you know, if you're rocking them to sleep, if you're nursing them to sleep, if you're, you know, just bouncing them to sleep, or even if you're just holding them to sleep, they form that association. And then when they wake up in the middle of the night, because everybody wakes up, like that's just a normal part of your sleep cycle. But as adults, we're able to easily put ourselves back to sleep. But with, you know, younger children, they they have to learn that skill. And until they learn it, they're going to want that same thing that got them, got them to sleep. So yeah, with babies, you know, younger, you know, babies, it's rocking, nursing, um, you know, just feeding, bouncing um, for older kids, like toddlers and preschoolers. A lot of times it's either, you know, co-sleeping, like the, the child's sleeping in their bed, or like the parent has to lay with them in the child's bed and, until they fall asleep. But then what happens is they fall asleep, but a lot of times they wake up and then they end up coming to the parent's room and either just end up sleeping in their bed or the parent has to go back and forth to try to get them back to sleep. So again, it's teaching them those independent sleep skills to be to be a confident sleeper that you can sleep in your own room. It's safe. Like you're big. You can do this. Yeah. I think that's something, you know, we have two kids. We have our toddler and then we have our baby. And I think once the baby came along, our daughter started to show a little bit more like harder for her to sleep. I think it was like the attention, like she wanted more attention and, and she started to wake up a little bit more during the night and things like that. And I'm not sure if that was just sort of like a new sleep pattern that occurred for her or if it was just the timing of it all. But if we're a parent with multiple kids and now we're dealing with you know new newborn sleep and toddler sleep, how is that kind of playing in, I guess, when we're functioning with multiple children? Yeah. And that's a lot of times people will come to me, either they're pregnant with like their second and they're like, I have to fix my, you know, older one sleep because I'm having, you know, I'm due with my next one soon. And I mean, and it's hard because if you, if you have a newborn waking up and then also like a toddler, or, you know, preschooler, you're literally not getting any sleep. So again, it's, you know, just really having a set routine, um, setting boundaries and knowing that that's okay to do as a parent. I think sometimes we think, oh, like we're being mean or they need us or they want us. So we have to be there, which you know, and I, I've struggled with it, too. And I kind of know in my head, like, oh, I shouldn't do this. But I'm like, oh, like it's just so, you know, I like to snuggle and he wants me to lay here. 
And I always tell parents like, it's okay to do that. But like, you know, just kind of set a limit, lay with them for five minutes and say, okay, like now it's time for, you know, mommy to leave. Um, So it's all, you know, just about setting good boundaries and like that good routine with your children. Yeah. I think something that's just kind of like running through my mind and like sometimes we hear a lot, it's the whole kind of crying it out or even, you know, at the toddler stage, you know, they're, they're able to vocally say like, mommy, daddy, come get me. Like, you know, I want you or like here and there. And like, it can be like a never ending cycle of going in and and seeing that they're okay, telling them that it's safe and then like coming out. And then as soon as you leave, it's the crying again. What can you kind of say to that? And like, what can you say to reassure that the steps that you're taking are working and like, we're not leaving our kids and they're like in distress or up. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think, you know, again, setting those healthy boundaries. And if you know that you're connecting with your child throughout the day and if you have like a solid bedtime routine where you're really getting that one-on-one time with them, because that's something I help, you know, parents create. Sometimes they don't really have a solid bedtime routine or, you know, we need to incorporate really some more one-on-one time or really um, kind of teach the child, you know, that, you know, bedtime's important. Like you can do this, you can fall asleep and actually teaching the child kind of what to do if they do wake up just teaches them those skills like, okay, look for your special stuffed animal or if they have a lovey um, and you, you know, you're going to, you know, grab your stuffed animal and hug it and just close your eyes. Um, Even simple things like that. You don't really think, think to do necessarily, but that can really help a child when, when they're in that situation of waking up in the middle of the night, it doesn't fix itself overnight. Like I said, it, it can take two to three weeks to really click with a child But yeah, kind of role playing with the child, like, oh, okay, what should you do if you wake up? Like, and kind of playing with them. Like, so they're learning kind of through play what to do and, and knowing like, okay, like, it's okay. I'm in my bed. I have my, you know, special object of whatever it is, is something that I practice a lot with clients, with toddlers and preschoolers, especially. Okay. What are some other routines or like for bedtime that we can kind of be looking at or addressing with toddlers and preschoolers, you know, if they are waking or even just like the process of going to bed that can help establish a better sleep routine. In my program, I like to actually supply parents with um, some interactive visuals to use with their child. Um, So what I do is I actually make like a personalized visual schedule that I I put together and I mail um, to the parents so that the child is able to use that. So it could be, you know, a simple kind of checklist, like, you know, quiet playtime, you know, bath, pajamas, brush your teeth, books, like, and they can actually like, I either use Velcro little pictures that they put on, or if it's like a preschooler, they might want to just like check it off with a marker. So again, it's just kind of really engaging them in the routine and making them kind of feel part of it and kind of making them proud to be, you know, able to do that. You know, that's something I, I have found really, really helps with older kids because, they and they want to spend time with mom and dad like they kind of have that that FOMO they don't want to miss out they want to stay up but at the end of the day like they need their sleep and you know just like we need our sleep so that's one thing I definitely recommend Um, lots of like uh, bedtime books different stories to read to children that you know just talk about bedtime and 
there's a lot of different books. Um, um, I've made kind of a master list of books that are about bedtime and just kind of, again, help kids learn more about the process of bedtime and kind of addresses some of those like bedtime fears that it's easier for them to kind of overcome and learn through reading than, you know, just like your parent telling you, get into bed, like it's time to go to bed. Because they, they, you know, they don't take the information the same way when it's that way. Yeah, I know sometimes when we kind of have a long day and we're trying to get Rosie, our oldest, to get into bed and we're like, okay, like, let's just kind of like slim down the bedtime routine just to kind of get her in there. And she will point out, she's like, nope, we didn't read a book. We didn't uh, brush our teeth. We did like she'll she'll say like all the things that, you know, like she's used to kind of doing and having that structure with. And yeah, kids like, you know, they thrive on like routine and structure. So like once you really get a set routine established, you know, it takes half the battle away. Like it doesn't mean there won't ever be a battle, but, you know, the kids know what to expect. So it's a lot easier. And why is that? Like, why do they prefer routine or? Uh, I mean, I think it just helps them feel, have that security of they know like what's coming next. So it almost gives them some control. Like, because it, if it's chaotic, like they act more chaotic because they don't know what's going to happen. So, you know, having, yeah, that, that routine is definitely key. So. Do you ever suggest any kind of products or sleep aids to kind of, help with getting them to sleep? Your sleep environment is very important. So, you know, like blackout curtains, a white noise machine, and then again, like a lovey or stuffed animal for a child that's over 12 months old, I definitely recommend. As far as like supplements or like melatonin, like that's not something, I mean, that's more of a medical question. So I don't recommend it to clients unless their pediatrician has, you know, recommended it. But I mean, I know that's kind of a popular thing on the market right now for sleep. Okay. Yeah. I was kind of thinking, you know, um, I guess like sound machines or like certain blankets. I know that there's like sleep sacks and things like that. Yeah. Like for babies, the Merlin sleep suit is a really good one when you're especially transitioning from the swaddle. You, you don't necessarily need to use it long. I think my little guy used it for like maybe a month in between, but that that's definitely one I recommend. Um, I really like the kite sleep sacks. Those are some of my favorite, just like sleep sacks. They're just really soft. And I don't think there's anything like, it's not like anything like the Merlin sleep suit, but those are the ones I really like. So, and then for, for infants, I always recommend the uh, miracle blanket. I'm not sure if you've heard of that, but it's just kind of a, a swaddle that I, mine could never really get out of it. So it was like the only swaddle they couldn't get bust out of it. So, so with toddlers and preschool, you know, maybe they're transitioning out of nap times during the day, you know, like when is nap times kind of going away and how does that affect their sleep at night? Yeah. Um, the earliest I recommend or not even recommend, but if your child is really fighting going to bed, and you're finding that you just need to cut nap out is the earliest I would get rid of nap is about two and a half. But I, you know, I really say hold on to the nap as long as you can, because there's still times my four and a half year old, I can tell like, oh, like you're, you need a nap. Like, and sometimes I will make him lay down and he'll sleep for an hour. So yeah, I'm always like, don't, you know, try some other things before you just like throw it out the door. And even when your child isn't like actually sleeping, 
Um, I suggest really implementing quiet time. I'm like a big quiet time uh, person because, you know, it gives you that time. It gives your child that time because even if they don't need the sleep, sometimes they just need to rest their, their mind and their body. And they can do that while, you know, looking at books or, you know, playing with puzzles, like doing it more of a quiet activity that's not going to like stimulate the mind so much, but just kind of let them kind of rest without actually sleeping. But I mean, typically, yeah, you want to cut the nap when when you're finding that it's affecting their nighttime sleep. Like if they're not sleeping through the night anymore or they're doing having early wake ups, you kind of want to look at, okay. Like, should we cut nap out? Should we maybe, if they were napping for two hours, let's cut it off at an hour and see if that helps. So there's there's things you can do before you completely cut it out. And what's unique with your toddler and preschool sleep program? And what can we kind of expect from that? I think what's really unique about it is I'm, I try to prepare families completely for it. So I provide all the visuals. Like I said, I do um, like a visual checklist. I'll make a, a personalized social story. So what that is, it's a story basically about their bedtime routine, but it's personalized to that child. So again, it kind of just engages them and keeps them kind of excited in it. And it's just kind of something special for them to have. Um, and then I provide 21 days or three weeks of one-on-one support where I'm, you know, helping, I'm coaching you through it. And we're making tweaks like here and there, because with, with toddlers and preschoolers, it can be a little more difficult to get them sleeping better just because they know how to manipulate you. Like they're typically in a bed. So it's not, you know, it's not like they're kind of trapped in their crib, like they can get out. So I find that parents um, face with different hurdles than when you're sleep training like a baby. So just having that consistent support all the way till the end is really important. So that's, you know, I'm trying to make a program that everything is right there for you and, or I'm going to mail it to you. So all you have to do is show up and be consistent and, you know, motivated to get them sleeping better. What have you seen in families once they're getting a better established sleep schedule down? Like what benefits are they receiving and seeing like overall, like not just with the child, but the family as a whole? I think just for the family as a whole, they just function so much better. I mean, you're happier when you sleep, you know, your mood's better. You know, you feel like you can go on a date night when, and not have to worry, like, is my kid going to go to sleep? You know, once they're really established in good sleeping habits, your world opens up a lot more, I feel like. You know, going on vacations isn't as like, oh gosh, are they going to sleep? Because you already know, like you've established like a good sleep foundation and, you know, there may be hiccups here and there, but again, once you've been consistent for a while, like your child can do it. So overall, it's just, I feel like your physical health, your mental health, your emotional health is just so much better. And that's, you know, one thing I hate hearing when parents say, you know, or people in general say, once you have kids, you're never going to sleep again. Because for me, I'm like, that's just never been true. And I'm, and I think a big part of why, like, I have three kids, but I'd love another one. But I'm like, you know, and people say I'm crazy, but I'm like, I think mine just all sleep so good. I, I never went through, I mean, I went through, you know, some of those days, obviously, of being sleep deprived, those early weeks, but, um, you know, they've just been good sleepers. So it doesn't, it doesn't scare me in that sense. Yeah. And when you mentioned vacation, that kind of spark something. And I feel like that could be a whole other episode and, and yeah. trail of oh, things. Yeah. 
But, you know, when we're changing the environment and we're going on vacation or even just like going somewhere new or different with toddlers and preschoolers, like how much more does that affect them? Yeah, I mean, it definitely, I think talking about kind of your expectations for them on vacation and like, all right, well, this might be different there, but, you know, you still need to sleep. Um, Stuff like that kind of helps prepare them more. And if you have a younger child, like a baby, you know, anytime we do vacations, I would, I have like a portable blackout curtain. And then I also just bring like dark sheets. So that way, because I never really know like how many, you know, blackout curtains am I going to need? So I would just pack some extra, like not the the flat sheet. And I'll just like put those over the window have my sound machine. Like I, cause I know I'm like, I don't want this vacation to be ruined because my kids aren't going to sleep. And I know if I set the environment up, you typically they're, they still sleep pretty well. So the hardest thing is if we're all in one room and one does wake up, cause my middle son, he does get um, like sleep terrors if he doesn't get enough sleep, we've noticed. So that's sometimes is a challenge if because when you're on vacation, they're off schedule a little bit and they're, you know, they're staying up a little bit later. So there's been times where he wakes up and then it wakes the other one up. Like, so it's, you know, it's definitely, it can be tricky, but if you try to prepare yourself for those situations, I find that it goes a lot smoother. Is there anything else other than sleep when you were first entering motherhood that you kind of feel like you wish you would have known more about? I, don't know, I mean, sleep was probably the biggest thing, but it, I mean, it definitely came like pretty naturally for me. You know, I think like there's just so much with motherhood, you know, like breastfeeding was a whole nother journey for me, but you know, we, we figured it out and, you know, we got through it, but I don't know. I mean, I, I think sleep was probably my biggest hurdle to be honest, like with you. I mean, and then now, like now that I have a six-year-old, four-year-old and two-year-old, so you know, just seeing them kind of develop into themselves and kind of realize like, okay, like. I really need to respond to things a little bit differently, like really just figuring that out in general. It's motherhood is it's like ever evolving for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I agree completely. Would you have anything that you wish you could kind of tell your past self, you know, knowing what you know now? Yeah. I mean, I think just it's okay to ask for help. Um, I think that's definitely a big, big one that a lot of times moms just think, like I said, that oh, this is normal to be sleep deprived or it's, you know, I, this is how you should feel if you're a mom. And I mean, it, it's, you need help. Like you need a support system. And, and I have a really good support system. I have a really good group of friends. And like when I had my first, I didn't really know anyone down here. I didn't have many friends and that was hard. Like I definitely like struggled with, with some postpartum depression and, you know, it's, it's like night and day from when I had my second and third to my first. So I think that was, it definitely was more of a rude awakening to it's a whole different kind of world being a mom and, you know, you need to have that support system. And, and if you don't, that's okay, but ask for help, you know, whether that means talking to somebody like a therapist or, you know, a friend or, you know, coworker, just make sure you don't hold it all in. I think that's really important for moms to know. Yeah, I agree. Awesome. So how can we reach you? How can we get in contact with you? Give us all of that kind of information. Yeah, well, I'm on I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Um, it's at A Brighter Night Sleep Coach. And then my website is www.abrighternight.com. 
thank you so much. If you have anything else that you wanted to add, or I definitely want to get those bedtime books. If you have a list yeah. of those, I'd like to, you know, pop that in the show notes and add all that okay. in. But yeah, if you had anything, too. awesome. Okay. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Well, this wraps up another episode of the Entering Motherhood podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review us wherever you are listening because that helps the show grow and expand so that other mamas can learn information on how to heal and navigate in motherhood. And speaking about healing, I just wanted to let you all know that September will be the last month that we are offering our Heal Your Trauma Mama workshop for free. This workshop is a time that you can focus on becoming more aware of yourself and the strength that you have in motherhood. It really gives you an opportunity to allow yourself to look deeper and heal so that you can be more present and look at motherhood in a whole new way. We break down different methods that you can utilize that will help you get started with healing from any trauma that might currently be present in your life associated with motherhood, birth, and everything that comes with the transition of entering motherhood. So if this is something that you're interested in, please look out for that and follow the link in the show notes to become a part of this amazing series before we wrap it up and create something entirely new and revamped to help serve moms who may be experiencing some trauma. Thank you so much for listening. It means so much to me. And be sure to subscribe so that you can listen to the latest episodes of the Entering Motherhood podcast. See you later, mamas.